When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to another special audio edition of the PHNX Coyotes podcast. As always, I'm Petey. Uh, along with me is Craig Morgan. This is an audio only, so as, as if you can't see, Craig has his, his signature beanie on today. Craig, how's it going this morning? Uh, I'd say it's a bit been a bit of a rough morning, Petey. Which is oh, right. Buddy, it's, it's 8.30. <laughs> I don't know when people are listening to this, but it's 8.30. You've already had a rough morning? Uh, well, we... Listen, you and I know, but we've both been for three hours, so. It's true. It's almost lunchtime here. Well, Craig, I know we always sit there. Every time we have an audio podcast, we go, and, and, and sometimes we have guests. A lot of times we have guests. Today, we that, that didn't work out, and we said, gosh, what are we going to talk about? We'll never fill 30 minutes of airtime. Uh, I don't think people need to worry. I think you and I can talk about anything. Yeah, I'm a little worried about the length of this one, actually. We could go forever. And, yes. and, and on the note of guests... Let, uh, thank you for protecting me, but let's be honest, I didn't even try to get a guest this week, no. so that's the truth of it. <laughs> no, I think you're so, too busy planning your St. Patrick's Day party right now. Buddy, you ain't half wrong there, okay? I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, but we've already got many recommendations. Around here. <laughs> but that's what I'm, If I have a party, it's we're ordering pizza, and I'm going to stop by and get a couple uh, mixed packs of Four Peaks, and we're done. But, but not at the Morgan household. Nope, Tara is right now shopping. Oh, How many gosh. days do we have to the party? That's right. We have 17 days till the yeah, party. Yeah, 17 days, and you're already planning. Yeah, no, that's not happening. But I tell you what, where the Coyotes are at right now, they are in the middle of a five-game road trip right now. So we thought it would be appropriate to, to kind of discuss what a road trip is actually like. And I know when you watch at home on TV, they're on the road and they play a game. But you don't know everything that's going on behind the scenes. So today, we have a very special edition, and let's hear it from the voice of Craig Morgan. It's, it's time, time for, for another, another edition, edition of, of Tales from, from the Road. <laughs> <laughs> that is quality entertainment right there, oh, Craig. Boy. That's what happens when they leave us in charge. That's just <laughs> awful. Like, there's no, like, I love it, by the way, but there's no, like, I, like Jacob the producer, well, that doesn't have the, uh, the appropriate tone and it's not on brand and all that. So we can do what the hell we want to. So, so Craig... To, just ahead. to give you the sense of the planning of that audio right there, I that I woke up this morning and discovered effects on my voice recorder pro, which I use for interviews and transcribing, but I've never looked at effects because why the hell would I care about yeah, effects? Why would you? 
like, oh, there are effects on this. So I just started playing around. The reverb one, you could barely understand what I was saying. So I went with the echo instead. So I, I loved it. So now that is, it is loaded into our, our edit deck, and that will now be forever part of tales from the road so so we're going to kind of get a sense today of what 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 it's like to be on the road and what a regular day is like and and we're going to see it from craig's perspective we're going to see it from we're going to talk about players perspective at least what we know to be the player's perspective because clearly we're not players and we really don't know but we're going to try so i'm going to start off right away craig and, and road trips for the coyotes would be we call it a one-day trip which means you're just flying overnight playing the game and coming home you can have a three, four, five, and then you can get these extended ones 10 to 15 days. They happen. I want to know your packing regimen and your packing rituals for a road trip. Let's just say that they have been refined over the years. So I'm going to take you all the ba- all the way back to the 2000-2001 Coyote season. This is my first season on the beat, backing up Jerry Brown, the governor, at the old East Valley Tribune. And we are headed out. Jerry, Jerry has Jerry has the <laughs> somehow he decided, yeah, I'll send Craig on this 15-day road trip. No. 15 days, buddy. 15 days. We went through the Midwest. We went through Florida. And it ended in Vancouver. Because that's Why what the NHL does. It, to so you got three, you got three different time zones with three very different weather patterns. Right. And I had no idea what I was doing packing. No idea. First of all, you can't pack enough clothes for a 15 day road trip. You're going to have to do laundry at some point, which, you know, I discovered at some point, I think it was at the old Athenium in Detroit that I discovered, Oh wow. I'm going to do some laundry. So. You need a shower and wash your clothes just after being in the hotel at the <laughs> Athenium. No offense to the Athenium, Athenium hotel people that are watching right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I, I've gotten so much better at it now. I can, I can literally, I can pack in 10 minutes now. I know exactly what I need. Suits, shirts, ties. Like I don't take anything extra. When I come back from a road trip with the coyotes now, I might have one piece of clothing that I haven't worn on that trip. Yeah, but it's different for, for okay, so to, this is another truth, a truth of the road. We're going to a lot of truths of the road. If you come to the plane with a big suitcase that is not appropriate for the time frame of that trip, you are getting picked on. True? Yeah. Yes, like players absolutely. will go, where are you going? Are you going for a month? Because keep in mind, players bring a medicine kit. Like there, there, are, there are one-day trips, they'll bring a medicine kit with, that, with a rolled-up change of underwear and that. That's it. That's it. A toothbrush. Wait, wait. Not that's all it. of them bring changes of underwear, too. Christian well, that's Fisher another story. <laughs> we're we're not going to throw Christian yeah. Fisher under the bus, but you're right. And, and so but, but, but the difference between a player, it, it's three layers. Like you watch Todd Walsh pack, and Todd Walsh has to be on air, and you've got to have different suits when you're on air. So Todd Walsh would pack this mountain in this suitcase. Um, and then there's the, the, the staff level. And when you're talking about Stan and Tony and those guys, they wear sweatpants literally everywhere. So it's a rolled up pair of jeans, and they're good for the trip. Um, I tried to have the smallest suitcase I possibly could because I was in fear of being teased. And that is 100% the truth. You packed absolute minimums but one advantage that we had that craig didn't is when players go to the rink the second they get to the rink that's their office they take off their street clothes and they put on their underclothes their gym shorts and t-shirts and that's what they were for 50 percent of the road trip they're wearing that 
And same with us. When I would go to the rink, I would switch into a sweatsuit. So my work day, I'm wearing a sweatsuit that's pre-packed, it's washed, everything done at the rink. So I had an advantage over Craig in the media. So that's when it comes to packing because you will get teased. And you better be prepared to pull that thing through four or five inches of snow once you land. So now that we've got that, take us through, Craig, what people think of when we go to the Sky Harbor. You got to get there two hours early. You got to go through security. You got to get wanded. You got to do all of these things, sit at your terminal and wait. What's it like when you pull up to the terminal oh. in it's, Phoenix? It's money. It, it's incredible because we go to the, the executive terminal and you basically, well, I mean, if you get there a little early, you can't get through the gate yet. But if, if you're there, you know, right on time, a few minutes before, a few minutes after you Go to the gate. You they they open it as soon as they know who you are. You pull onto the tarmac right next to the plane. You back your car in. You want to be on the back row because God forbid, you know that's that's why one of the things I always did as a media member: get there early, try and be in the back row because God forbid I am blocking a player from leaving right after a long road trip. Wow, those guys are out of there pronto. So I always tried to be right up against the fence, backing it up so that I didn't keep anybody waiting. Yeah, it, it's funny because it's so different because we travel this way. I travel that way for 20 years and you go to the airport and you're like, you go out of your mind. Like you pull up next to the plane, you get on the park tarmac, you walk up to the plane, you get a little wand and you're up in the plane and then it's, there are no rules. There are no, like you talk about the FAA and, I, and, I, and I, please all the FAA people listening, we do follow the rules at certain points, but it's much different. Much, much different because the plane has Wi-Fi. And so you're not like put away your phones. I mean, come on, your tray tables up like, buddy, your feet are up, your your shoes are off, your slippers are on, you're drinking like Craig's got his 32 degree Perrier. The plane <laughs> and, and the plane varied on, on niceness on the interior. But, but buddy, this is no middle seat, five hour flight. Yeah, that's it. Like all the seats were first class seats. Right. So and you had so much room in front of you before the next seat. So there, yeah, it's, it's a different experience. You get on board. There's the tray of hors d'oeuvres that I also just don't partake in. I don't feel comfortable as a media member diving into that tray of hors d'oeuvres. I just want to be as, as quiet and unnoticeable as possible when I'm on the plane as a media member. Yeah. The hot, the hot hors d'oeuvre tray could cause a problem. Because there were, and I'm going to throw a lot of people under the bus on this episode, because like Bob Heathouse, Bob Heathouse would get, Bob's hungry too. Everybody's hungry. Bob just, so Bob would belly up to the 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 hot hors d'oeuvres after, and might sneak in front of some of the staff people and some of the players and guys would go, hey, hey Bob, give what you need there, buddy. You, you okay, Bob? So you got to be very mindful of that because there is a lot of teasing on the plane. So you have to, the, 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 you have to watch your turn and wait and, and it's seniority and who can get out the food first. There are a lot of rules and, and no more so, Craig, than when the hot food starts coming out. And that's where people get pissed because you usually have two options. I, at least back in the day, you had two options of hot food and you get a hot food meal. But one was usually like the premier item, like everybody wanted that. It could be the chicken, could be the whatever it was. And you better make sure, and this is a knock at Craig, not him personally, but the way things went, you better not be feeding the the media first. You better mm -hmm. not be. It, it's players first. Like players get their food first. And if it goes out of order, and I tell you, if they serve a staff member before all the players are fed, players lose their mind. And then it goes players, then it goes coaches, then it goes staff. Actually, staff is first, like the trainers, because they've had wait the longest. And media are last. And I tell you what, by the time it gets down to Todd, Matt, and Tyson, the, it can be slim. And, and there are some grumpy media members at times. But that is a huge – that can be a huge fight on the plane. Huge fight. Oh, seriously? Craig got Craig got steak? I, I don't get a steak? 
Like, yeah, really, you got him for the media? Getting mad as a media member. I can't, you can't even imagine getting mad. Like, uh, whatever you got left, I'm fine. And it's, it's like three menu choices now. But yeah, like, seriously. Okay, you've Thank traveled you so giving I, me food. I'm going to shut wait, up. <laughs> the other thing about the food that has changed so much over the years, when I first started traveling, it was like Willy Wonka on, on the plane. And it, you you go, the overhead bins were full of chocolate bars and candy and licorice. And guys are throwing, hey, and it was licorice Twizzlers and, and the Red Vines. That was a huge battle amongst people, which was better. But anyway, you're throwing candies across aisles. There's chips everywhere. It was just it was just a, is like a Circle K snack cart threw up inside of our plane. It was everywhere. Play or like, hey, get me a Hershey. Buddy, it ain't that way anymore. Uh, there is no chocolate bars. There are no chips. It is healthy food from front to back. And God forbid someone sneaks in a chocolate bar because that could be the end of the world. When did that change? You know what? It, it changed. I, I would think it was it was like even as late as 2010. Like it was really late. Like I remember it was just it, it, Rick Tockett is really here in Arizona. Rick Tockett is where it was like it was that was it. Like Rick Tockett went through and changed the food everywhere on the, on the road. There was no more ranch dressing. There was no more white sauce. There was no more steaks or not steaks. Um, yeah, there was no more steaks. There's no more red meat. There was no more soda. Like Rick Tockett put the hammer down and on the plane, he would be like, well, I would sneak candy in. I mean, why wouldn't I? Cause who cares what kind of shape I'm in, but you could, it wasn't there. And so I think that was a real adjustment from the health food to that. Yeah, because I remember Heater loves Heater loves peanut M and M's. That's his weakness. That is his kryptonite. Yeah. Right <laughs> and Bob would always Bob always had this passive aggressive, like, oh well, there's no more candy on the plane. Like he's got that little mumble, like you know he's grumpy. Well, well, what happened? To all the the chicken ringers are all gone. Where's the chicken? That's well, okay, you know. But he's got he he knew he was mad. But we'll get into Bobisms when we get to the bus because Bob. Bob Heathouse on the bus. Bob's not going to want to listen to this episode, by we'll the get, way. We'll get into Maddie McConnellisms too if we. Oh yeah, and that's also on the bus ride. So yeah, yeah. so now we're we're, we're safely there. You tra- you travel first class. Your feet are up the entire thing. You got as much food and drinks and whatever you want the entire flight. You're you're pampered like a little baby, and then you land, Craig. And let's say we're in Edmonton. It's 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 now we're in Edmonton in the snow. Now what is, what what happens? from here like how do you deplane first of all like how do we get off the plane is that important at all how we get off the, is there an order i always wish they they would let us go down the slides because I, I wanted to try those slides one time but no we never do that we go down a stairway and as always the players get off first everybody gets up before the media let's just put it that way i'm i'm, I'm one of the last guys off the plane but we got to walk down the stairs we got to go around the plane we got to get our own suitcases and again you wait you wait until all the team players, the coaches, the staff have their suitcases. So you better, if you're in a cold weather place, you better be dressed warm because you got to stand on that tarmac for a little while before you get your suitcase. And then you roll it over to the media bus, which is separate from the player bus. Normally there's a guy there to take it from you. Sometimes you have to put it on yourself. I, I should mention one more rule from the plane before we get off the plane entirely. As a media member, it was understood what happens on the plane never gets reported. There was one story where the Coyotes had an unbelievable road trip, unexpected, under Tip. And I watched Tip. The players are celebrating. They're happy as hell in the back of the plane. I watched Tip, tip look at him with a, just a, a slight smile on his face for a little bit. Then he sits down and he starts watching video. And I had to ask Rich Naren if I could use that as the lead to my story because I knew nothing on the plane that happened could ever be used in my stories. 
That's and it's it is interesting because even that the seating on the plane is important. Like the coaches are at the front, media is in the middle, and players on the back. And the media is used to separate the coaches from the players. It, but like you said, you hear and see a lot of stuff on that plane that you probably yeah. you you couldn't see a report. So now we, we've got our bags. And it's funny. I always toward my later years, I was always trying to be conformist. I always wanted to be whatever the players had black this kind of black suitcase. And I didn't get the same brand because clearly they had. They had very, very expensive bags, but I always wanted to have the same look and feel and style. And then at the end, when I was, I was old and it didn't matter anymore. Everybody, Craig, what color are every suitcase coming off that plane? Everyone (laughs) is black. Everyone's got a black bag. So I went white. And all my suitcases, I had white matching set of luggage. It was white. And I got teased mercilessly for that white bag. But you sit there at 2 o'clock in the morning in the dark on the tarmac. Guess whose bag you could see? Mine. And so I, I, buddy, I dealt with it as I rolled it to the bus. So you get to the bus. Tell us about the bus ride after a game, specifically after a game. Tell us about the bus ride on the fun bus. Oh, if, if it's a win or if it's yes. a loss. Lost doesn't matter. The fun bus is different. That's why we called it the fun bus. The media bus. Yeah, we we it was first of all Matt McConnell. I got to give him a shout out here because Matty has a thing called bus tunes, where he would somehow have a a song or a couple of songs ready for whatever city we were in from an artist from that city or something that referenced that city, and he'd have it ready to go. And I want to tell you, none of these songs were modern songs, Petey. None of these songs were contemporary. We're going back. The 60s and the 70s and the 80s for this music, but Maddie always had something ready, and it was hilarious to listen to. The funny thing is, like sometimes, like I wrote on the team bus, and there was just, buddy, it was after a loss, dead silence. And I remember coaches through time yelling, this is right at the dawn of cell phones. And like now, guys, they know everybody knows to mute your cell phone. They get it. But back then, back when people were just learning how to use them, you'd hear a beep go off. I remember Rick Bonus losing his mind because somebody's phone went off during a um, after a loss. And and it just the the etiquette after a loss is you're just dead silent. And the bus ride could be 45 minutes. Nobody says a word. And it's just it's painful. So a lot of times I jump over on the fun bus because it didn't matter which bus I was on. I had a lot of work to do. That was a very busy work time for me at the bus ride. And I needed stuff done by the plane so I could get on the fun bus. And it was just it was just so pleasant that a lot of times they'd steal a pizza from the rink and there be, might be some beer in the back and, and the Maddie's tunes are going. And I'm going, gosh, how much better is this? The problem is when there would be overflow from the team bus onto the fun bus. Mm-hmm. And then the rules seem to change and people would be very unhappy with i don't understand why people were pissed like why, why were staff people who, who, who gives a shit like players i get and coaches i get but when the staff like buddy they're just we're just riding in a bus why do people get so angry i don't know i don't know seriously but i like i, I think about the the dichotomy for you of getting on that bus because i know what you had to do when we were on the plane i i've said this before on the show but i swear you were on roller skates yeah, going up it's, the aisle, handing out iPads with with video for everybody. To, I, I first of all, I have no idea how you got it done in that tiny window between the end of the game and the time when it was time to leave the arena. You know, sometimes it's a really short bus ride to the yeah. airport too, and yet you've got the video ready to go for every player to look that, at. Here's that led good, roller stress, Craig. 
yeah. that level of stress from the time the buzzer went at the game till the time the wheels are up off the tarmac. Because if you don't have it done by then, you're, there's no more internet. You're like, buddy, it's got to be up by wheels up. I would literally be sweating and panicking. You know, my anxiety, the, my anxiety then was but it, like it was 10 times what it is now. I was freaking the heck out and, and I had to get those iPads back in the players' hands and players are in the aisle. Like players want their iPads. Players want to see what, what happened in the game and it was horrific. Uh, but anyway, let's move past that. We get to the hotel. Two o'clock in the morning, tell it, tell it, like the, the average Joe checking in at the hotel versus a Craig Morgan checking into the hotel. Well, I mean, first of all, I'm last. <laughs> I'm last in line again. And again, not complaining here, like grateful that I actually get the opportunity to, to, to go on the team charter. We, we make donations to Coyotes Charities for that honor. Um, but all the keys are laid out on the table. There's often snacks, like healthy snacks, like uh, granola bars or or fruit, like apples, bananas, for the players to grab. All the keys are laid out with their names on them. And I got to wait last in line because, again, players, players they just first. played a game. They just played a game. Coaches just coached. Everybody did something. You know, I I did minimal work, right? I, I covered a game, maybe wrote a story. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I'm right, working on a bigger story from the road trip. So I kind of deserve to be last in line. But it's different too. At different times, different things. Like when you check in at two o'clock in the morning, it got, it's tired. Guys are quiet. They just want to get to bed and the players are up first. And a lot of them are asleep before Craig gets his key. And that's true. But when you land, let's say Nashville at five o'clock in the afternoon on the way there, guy, players again first, they're up in their room, change clothes out of the elevator before Craig has his key. And they're in an Uber on the way out to, to I'm sure, just have dinner. But but they are buzzing to get out of that. So, so it varies. But there are that's an opportunity for pranks. And I've seen players switching because everybody's name is on the envelope. You don't go to the front desk. You just get the travel guy. Here's your envelope. Here's your envelope. Here's your envelope. And you go up to your, you don't check in. You don't do anything. It's done. But there have been players through time that think it's really funny to take keys from one envelope like Clayton Keller and put it in Lawson Krause's envelope. So you make them go all the way up to the 15th floor, find out your key doesn't work and everybody's got to come back down. And people thought that was funny. So that that is an opportunity to have those kind of fun things. But now you're in the city, Craig. You're there. You're in the city. First of all, Petey, do you yes. remember, I got, I got to bring this up because, you know, I'm sorry, I keep interrupting the flow of things here, but, but things are coming to mind. The bus from Ottawa to Montreal. Oh, the, that story that night yeah. that we couldn't, that we couldn't fly, that we were yeah. already on the plane yeah. and ready all to go. Wilson gets hurt in a, in a, a three, two, I think it was a three, two win over Ottawa that night. We get on the plane. There's mechanical issues, calling, calling suddenly. We're all piling on one bus. Why did we only have one bus? I don't even remember that detail. It was the bus driver because they the bus drivers we were in there they'd reached their limit and only one bus bus driver was allowed to drive because of the time frame. And it's in winter storm, by the way, and it's snowing between Ottawa and Montreal. And now by the time we'd got to the airport, got on the plane, found out there was a damage, it's midnight. Like and we have we're not even on the bus at midnight. And that was Montreal at 3 a.m. 3 a.m. And it was snowing when we arrived in Montreal. That's a talk about a late night arrival. And oof, that was rough. that was terrible. But those are fun. Like, like, because Dave Griffiths, Griff, the travel guy <laughs> watching Griff, like we, we, Craig has to write. I have to watch video. Griff's got to get everybody everywhere. Like that's Griff's job. So when yeah. a little piece of the plane is broken in one city, the plane is no longer in the city you need to leave from. Oh. And that particular day. 
we we need the plane to Montreal. Like the plane has to get to Montreal. And the plane now is in Ottawa and the part is in Dallas, Texas. And that day, watching Griff the entire day, just pacing the lobby, buddy, buddy. And he likes to call everybody, buddy, buddy. If that part's not here in an hour, like we got to go somewhere else. We got to go somewhere else. We got Air Canada. I got Air Canada. So he was lining up different planes and he had all different things. Well, we got 15 more minutes. Where's the part? Where's the part? And like it literally came down to the last minute. The part got there and we were able to fly home from Montreal. But yeah. those little moments of stress and the worst one for the travel guy the worst and this is before when we were flying swift where swift would share planes like we would share planes with the basketball teams and hockey teams they only had so many planes and it was a very tight schedule it would fly from one city to the other and if any leg got screwed up the one that always took the punishment uh, as with everything in the nhl was the coyotes because their owner owned swift so if a team needed a plane and it wasn't us it was the la kings or the seattle supersonics whoever it was they got the plane first and the worst thing a, a player could ever do to a coach or excuse me the travel guy could ever do to a coach is after a loss come in to the plane or into the coach's room and as soon as the coach looked up and saw the travel guy rick bronstein or dave griffiths they go no no because <laughs> you, you don't see the travel guy in the coach's room after a game and bronco would come in rick bronstein um there's a problem with the plane <laughs> and coaches is the worst uh, like I, I i can't even imagine what those guys must be going through like Ew, I'm sorry. There's a problem with the plane, so, and and it's just. I think they won that game, right? That that game in Ottawa was at least a win. Yeah, I, I at least a win. Right? It's supposed to be an 18 minute flight. Instead, you know, it's a two plus hour drive across. <laughs> yeah. the yeah. well, it's no way. With a bus driver that's nodding off through a he winter does. storm. That's the other scary part. Yeah. Like, so you got to try to disengage. You don't want to watch him, but you got to watch him, and you're trying to talk to him. Like I I, I remember I was talking at the time. Well, talk, next to you want some coffee, buddy? Here, here. You know, you yeah, just talk to tell stories to the guy he's just trying to ask him questions just stay awake buddy let's go like it was awful okay now you're in a city craig you're in a city you personally do do you ever get the opportunity to go out and do things or 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 do you ever leave the hotel and explore oh god yeah listen a lot of these cities i don't even stay in the team hotel like you you know this when i go to new york i got a buddy who lives in the west village right on the west right on the west river right so i stay with him every time i go New York's one of my favorite places to go. And and I know we're going to talk about restaurants, but I just let, I leave it in the hands of the locals. I have dinner with uh, an old friend from prep school. Every time I go to New York, I have dinner with my buddy, Tony, who I stay with in the West village. And I go to brunch in Brooklyn with another friend every time I'm back there and every time they choose a different spot. So I'm not going back to the same things. I love that though, because more than anything, I love to go to cities and see friends, whether it's New York or Boston or L.A., Chicago, even Tampa. I've got friends in a lot of places from having gone away to school for both high school and college. So that's the best part of travel for me is getting a chance to see all these people uh, from my past. Are you trying to rub it in that I don't have friends? I'm crazy. I've got friends. Everywhere. I don't have any friends. I don't do shit. I, I'm just, I sit in the no, no, that's not true. I got up to the, the, the difference though is the work schedule. And yeah. and I think one of the things with me, if I, and I used to joke about it, if I was awake, I was working. Like I had, like I had a few cities my mom and dad would visit me in Minnesota. My sister would visit me in Denver. So I'd, I'd try to find time for family, but for friends, it was hard. Like it's just like, Hey, I might be able to, I might be able to squeeze in a cup of coffee, but even then it wasn't much, but, but you talk about what players did on the road and, and what they, what their, what their life was like, their life, is the game man and i think again that changed through time but what do they do players when they get to a city it's and i think it's different baseball because you're there in a city for four days hockey players are in a city for 12 hours 
18 hours. Like they, there, there just is no time, but there was a lot of cards there. There are cards on the plane. There's cards in the hotel. There's just cards. Play, people play cards. Players like to play cards. So cards was a big thing. Video games went through a big thing. I remember we, we had wedgie wedgie carried his own video game console in a, in a, in a uh, plastic container that actually had his picture on it. And you're like, buddy, you can't have a picture of yourself on your video game case. Yeah, so video games are big. Probably though. He, he, he did. He thought it was awesome. But the other thing, I, I think the special thing for players and the biggest thing that the players do on the road, aside from the games and the practice and those things, I think for them, it's the dinner. And I, and I think dinner becomes a, a ritual for not just, it's just at times they have team dinners where everybody's it's required. And when they have a team dinner called by the captain, it's required. And I think what happens so often in times where you'd go off with their countrymen, the Czechs would go here, the Finns would go here, the young, you know, North Americans would go here. I think that was a common theme, but when they had those team meals, everybody had to go. It was absolutely required bonding. And you saw it a lot, you know, Shane Doan, Hey, we're all going to dinner here. And, and I think that was a really good opportunity for everybody on the road to get together and bond. And, and I think, you know, there they also we talked to, to several players that, that have a dinner with their former players. You know, when you right. fly to Ottawa, they're all going to meet with Chickren or when they go to Detroit, they're all going to meet with Fisher. And I think it's a it's a way for them to step away from the game and, and be regular people for just a minute and, and get an opportunity to be with their friends and enjoy, a, you know, a nice glass of wine and a nice dinner. So I think the dinners became the most the most important popular thing for a player to use to, to spend his time on the road I, I don't think what you saw with players and this is something I never learned uh, especially early is I never learned to explore and I never learned to take advantage of the opportunity to be in these different cities and, and, and I know players didn't often but once in a while you'd see a player go hey I'm going to go to Dealey Plaza today in Detroit and I'm going to take or in, excuse me in Dallas and I'm going to take the tour um, and I think those the players that took the time to take a deep breath and go out and see things. I think they were able to get a bigger experience of what this whole thing is about. Once they get home. You're a creature of habit with restaurants too, right? Like you like to go back to the same places when you're in cities. Yeah. Before you did, you go to different places all the time. I am. It's, it's funny. Like I was thinking about this before we did this show. I, I am such a creature of habit. I, for me, it's I not only will go to the same restaurant, I will try to sit in the same section and I will most likely have the same exact food that I had the other time. I, so I don't change anything. And I can tell you where, like I, we talk about, well, we'll get to the restaurants later. But yes, I, I, I think it helped my anxiety. I, I had my day planned. Like before we'd go on a seven day trip, I could tell you where I'm going to have lunch, where I'm going to have breakfast, where I'm going to have dinner. Yeah, and, and here's the other thing I always used to say. And this became a problem. And I don't know if it was a problem with the media guys, Craig, but when you travel with such a large group, players, again, do their own thing. But but I have friends in the staff. I have friends in the coaches. I have friends in the media. And it was always, hey, where are you going for dinner? What time are we going for dinner? I'm going to this place for dinner. So I said this. And this is became my mantra as I went on. And people that watch our show will know that I'm not kidding when I said this. Uh, I'm not going with you. I am going to this restaurant at this time. If you want to go you're more than welcome to go. Well, I'm not changing my plans for you because what happens when, when you wait for one, two, three, five, six people, you're waiting and you're waiting in the lobby and, and you're just like, I'm not waiting for people. I'm hungry. I'm going to eat right now. And I'll tell you where I'm going. More than welcome to join me, but I'm not changing my plans. When you're hungry, you eat. When you're tired, you sleep. When you're thirsty, you drink. That's it. That's my road mantra. I'm going to bed at eight. Well, no, we're going, we're going to go to this restaurant at nine. Well, tough, tough. I'm going to bed at eight. I, I, and then once I learned to not make anybody else happy but myself, life became much, much better on the road. 
All right, let's talk about restaurants then. Uh, maybe you have specific ones. I know where you go in Vancouver. You've said it on the show, and I've been there, Multiple and it's points. great. Yeah, yep. no, nothing wrong with with that choice. No, no reason to go anywhere else. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like areas, I, I don't know if you have areas. Like I have a few when I think about when I go to Boston. I want to eat in the North End. I want Italian. I want the experience of that old world feel that the North End has. It's it's a unique spot. So I love eating there. And there's so many amazing restaurants. When I'm in Chicago, I go to Restaurant Row on Randolph, West Randolph, which is blown up in recent years, fairly recent years, because it used to be like you, you go out to the, the old stadium that way. Now that you see and it was just it was urban blight, but it's all developed into these really cool, trendy restaurants. It's an amazing place. Like I said, in New York and in LA, I rely on really close friends who have never let me down. And of course, in Nashville, you got to go to Broadway. See, but it's funny though, For again, you talked about areas and, and you were about the food. For me, it wasn't about that. There were a few Cardero's in Vancouver. Absolutely. was about the food. I love Cardero's. I would go to the St. Paul Grill in Minneapolis, or we talked about the Tavern on Grand for the fish or the St. Paul Grill um, for the wild rice soup. So there were a few places that I had to eat. There was Dublin's in Chicago. Um, mm. They had a steak sandwich that I just loved. And, and so there were little unique ones. It wasn't necessarily about the food. For me on the road, it was always about what's closer to the hotel. And I would forego a good meal if I could get close to the hotel. It was just really, I, I didn't want to have the hassle of trying to go somewhere because it became an event then. And I didn't want to take three hours out of my night to go drive, eat, and find a place. There were a few. There were a few that were worth it. But most often it was what's the closest to the hotel. How can I get back to the room to either A, start working, or B, get to sleep? So I unfortunately, I'm not a foodie like you are. So I didn't get the experience the North End in Boston or, or in St. Louis. I know there's some really good places too. So I, mm -hmm. I, I didn't I enjoy that. the restaurants. So for me, Craig, I'm, I'm going to hold you to one. My favorite restaurant on the road, bar none, Cardero's, Vancouver, Salmon. I mean, I, again, I, I eat at a lot of places. So I, 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 I'm not even sure I can check out one place. That place. That place is spectacular. So like yeah. I, I, if anybody asks me if I if I arrive in Vancouver and ask if they if I want to go there, yeah, I'm in because they yeah. have Chicago. You know where I eat in Chicago, Craig? Because we stay at the Ritz Carlton in Chicago. You know where I eat, and this isn't a lie. There's a food court in the mall across the street. Oh, that no. <laughs> it was on the second floor, no, and it just no. had literally had everything. It had pizza. Oh, water it had yeah, yeah. 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 Get there without so, even going outdoors. <laughs> yep, I could. I bet you I eat ninety percent of my meals in Chicago in that place. I swear and, I did. By the way, once we moved. The Ritz is like one block off Michigan Avenue. And if you yep. walk two blocks, you're on Rush Street. So you, yep. you have like a million restaurants and yep. bars. Like Gibson's Italia is, is a spectacular. Yeah, but again, if the weather's okay, Gibson's, Hugo Frogs, Tavern on Rush, that yep. whole area, fantastic. But if it's snow or rain, buddy. Yep. Sucks. Food court. Yep. Okay. That, that's, that's fair. Well, let's continue on our theme of food, Craig. Okay. Because the, the only but you, you also have to eat in other places, not just – when you go out to dinner, you have to eat at the arena because you work at the arena. Now, people may not know this, but the the arena provides what's called a press meal, and the press meal is is usually on the main concourse or sometimes in the press area upstairs, and you get to either pay for ten dollars a meal or sometimes it's free. But you have a press meal, and 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 there are some that are nice and some that are bad. Craig, putting you on the spot because you've eaten at all these press meals multiple, multiple, multiple times. I want you to give some of your best. You can go from one to five, and some at the bottom. Okay. So the Blackhawks, I have to like their meals. Okay. Downstairs, but what they do, and, and it's not good for your health. I can say this. They have a buffet in between periods where they feed you more. It's like, a, it's like another, where's that? 
It's up in the press box. Oh, Literally buddy. all the way up in the press box, there's a buffet. And it's better than the meal that they serve down low in the UC. I don't know why they do it, how this tradition started, but it's insane. And the line, like people start getting up early, like two minutes left in, a per- in the first period. People are like, yeah, I don't care what's happening. Is it game. free? Yes. Oh, my God. You're giving free food to media members and there's a line? Really Here's my surprise feast. It's amazing. So Boston and TD Garden, again, up in the press box. The, 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 the meals are okay at TD Garden, but it's in this cramped uh, media dining room, far too small for what, what it's trying to accomplish. Upstairs in the press box, they have these tiered dessert trays with like pedophores. <laughs> and can't, it's insane what, what they do in Boston, okay? Buffalo what? used to do an incredible spread in the press box. They've curtailed a lot of that. So sorry to see that. Little Caesars, you've probably done this one, Petey. That may be the longest buffet line yeah. in the NHL. There's so many options, of course, right at the end. But that's the press meal, Craig. You're talking about in the press box, things happening during the game. Like that. I've never yeah, seen that's, that. That's crazy. You, yeah, you don't get any of this, right? Oh. Little Caesars is down low, right? Yeah, that's phenomenal. Buffet. Right at the end, there's a, there's a grade of Little Caesars pizza that I swear – is a grade above anything you can buy in the stores. It's it's better at the arena. I don't know why. It's and on the last it's, thing I, mentioned, yeah. I have to mention it because we just talked about it. Montreal, mm. the hot dogs, the Chien Show, mm. uh, which is in one of those media dining rooms that's actually up high where you get a view of Montreal. Go ahead. But the mythos of the Shenzhou is far greater than the actual Shenzhou themselves. Like, I, I, let's not lie about it. Like, it's a very average piece of meat, but become this grander story of the Montreal Shenzhou has has far outgrown the actual quality uh, of that meat. The, the bread, again, phenomenal. But for me, Craig, I didn't get the experience what you did. And earlier in my career, before uh, the, the workload just changed, coaches wanted more before a game. So we actually got ours uh, that we'd get runners and get ours in styrofoam containers. And that's how we ate our press meals. But before that, I'd have to go there were Chicago's press meal before phenomenal. And again, bonus, it was like 20 feet from the coach's room. Again, that is important. If they became up in the press box like Vancouver, there's up in the press box, I, I would just stop going because it was just too big of a hassle. But I got to throw Carolina because Carolina would have mm. an actual carved meat station and then they would have v- multiple barbecue sauces. So you get Carolina barbecue sauce, you get Texas, and it was like pulled pork, pulled chicken. It was phenomenal. And I always liked those, but there were so many that were so bad that either tasted like microwave food or probably was micro- microwave food that you just literally stop going st louis nashville like they were horrific and you yes. just like oh my god we're in this city again so what i found one and there's one little secret i found in calgary and calgary's wasn't bad it was not far from the locker room it was in the lower level of the flood ridden building and it wasn't bad the food wasn't bad it was usually you know above average but what i found is right next to that room was the employee cafeteria and the employee cafeteria got arena food like real like it would have burgers it would have pizza it would have chicken wings chicken fingers but in canada those things at the at the concession stand would be like 15 20 bucks here two bucks two bucks per item so i would take off my coat and my tie and i would pretend i was a staff member in calgary and i'd walk into that room and i would always get the the staff meal in calgary and i tell you what glorious and the only other one that i i could not miss that actually went to a concession stand to buy was in Edmonton in the lower level in the old Northlands Coliseum. They had a pierogi stand that was right near wow. the rooms. And I wow. would go every trip in and right when it would open, I would get 
pierogies in the arena at Edmonton. But but I tell you what, the, the food in those restaurants would go from good to bad. Best press meal ever, Craig. Name it now. You have your opportunity. The best press meal ever. Whew. Best press meal ever. I would, I mean, I would have to say it's those free buffets in the Chicago press box. Petey, it's insane what they serve up there. Like everybody's taking part. Like I, I remember, you know, you knew I grew up with Eddie Olchek. I remember him like I, I got in line and, and Eddie Olchek came behind me and like elbowed me out of the way so that he could get ahead of me in line. There's really good food there. That's good. Well, Minnesota, we forgot. Minnesota's really good too. That's homemade food in Minnesota. So that's if it's homemade and it's really, those are the ones you you can't wait to get to. Okay, Greg, I got a couple more topics before we wrap this one up. I'm going to say what, but we talked, we talked about some of these amazing cities that you've had the opportunity to go to. The best event or Something you did on the road that has nothing to do with hockey. You can't say, oh, it was a great game. It was a, something no. you did, non-hockey related thing that you have done on a Coyotes road trip, not a family road trip, on a Coyotes road trip. Something that, that was special to you or something fun that you did outside of that. I'm going to roll through these quickly because I came up with a bunch of memories. Like the first time I was in Vancouver, remember that road trip I mentioned in 2000, 2001 that ended in Vancouver? We were there for like three days. So I, I got, I, I made my way to Vancouver Island for the first time, which was a oh. really cool venture. When, in, when I was in Calgary, I went up to Banff, which is oh. unbelievable. I visited the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto. Um, I've had beach days in Fort Lauderdale in LA, mm-hmm. Malibu. I went up to Boulder while I was in Denver. I drove across Alligator Alley from Miami to Naples in between games between, against the Panthers and Lightning with my cousin, so that we could go see my uncle in Naples. What? It was wild, just driving across basically just swamp, wondering what was living in there. Um, and then the, the last thing I remember, I think I mentioned this on a recent show, when we were in Carolina, I rented a car one day and drove to Chapel Hill. It's only about 40 minutes. I'm a Chicago guy. I'm a big Michael Jordan fan. I found a photograph of him hitting the game-winning shot against Georgetown in the national championship game, and I bought it and still have it. Wow, that's a lot of things you did. And, and again, you had the luxury of doing that based on your your work schedule. But you look at um, players, I think for players, players on the road, again, it's 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 on an off day, you might see something. And this is rare. But if you get a guy that in Florida or in Tampa that had access to a boat, you might see guys go fishing on their day off. You would see spring training games on your day off in, in Florida. That would be not totally uncommon. But I think for players, a lot of them were rest days and food days for me we've already talked about i don't do anything so i i have two i i did one time in vancouver and i i kind of feel i was older and this is more recent did you ever do the flight over canada it's right by our hotel and it's one of those rides kind of like disney where you're in those chairs and your feet dangle and you get the screen in front of you all around you and the mist comes when you go through rain and it was called flight over canada and it was amazing Mm. and it just was i went by myself in the middle of the day and i go you know what i I saw the sign on the street and i'm gonna go and and i just i so rarely enjoyed the road and i and i i tried towards the end like a walk through stanley park or or the most meaningful to me i ever did was the 9-11 museum in new york city where i got an opportunity to do that on on a day off but i i wish again i wish i could go on a time machine and do what you did i wish i would have done the things in the cities that i were was in and took more of it in and and i'm really disappointed in myself that that I, I know you have to work and priorities are, are work, but I wish I would have stopped and just go, oh, I'm in this city. I should go see something. I never went to the Arch in St. Louis. I never made it yeah. to Dealey Plaza in Dallas. I never saw the Liberty Bell in Philadelphia. Like those things that you can't 
I, I may never go to those cities ever again. And, and I'm really disappointed that I didn't take in the cities. So that that's, that's one of the sad things as I look back that I wish I would have done more to breathe that in. Arch, cool. Dealey Plaza, cool. Liberty Bell. That Chevy Chase moment at the, the Grand Canyon, you were like, eh. <sighs> okay, let's I'm going to wrap this up, Craig, with the very last question of the day. And all of the travels you have had with the Arizona Coyotes, I need to know your top three cities. And they literally could be for any reason. You just need to give me the reason. Your top three cities on the road in your travels with the Arizona Coyotes and why. Okay. New York, I mentioned earlier because I get to see so many friends. It, it, it's a blast. Every every time I'm there, I see at least four old friends. So it's great getting together with them. Chicago, first of all, it's home. It's an amazing city, as you know. And I have family there. So those are the two that I would put on. And then the last one, because it's my favorite city in North America, Vancouver. Vancouver is beautiful. I, I could live there in a heartbeat. I absolutely adore that city. And I'm going to go with my top three, and I'm going to start off with with your number three city is Vancouver. Uh, I, I loved Vancouver. I loved the food. I loved the – just – we, we used to stay in this hotel. Um, the team moved, actually. We used to be right on the water, and you could, you could have um, – your window open and you could see like the, the, you could see the water and the seaplanes landing and the mountains in the distance. And it was just this calm and this peace through the hustle and bustle of all the travel schedule and the travel life that you got calm. And you just felt this, this is a beautiful city. So Vancouver, I love, I wish it wasn't so rainy, but, but you can't have everything. Number two, if you haven't heard me talk about this city on this show, you're missing out. It's Nashville, Tennessee. And mm -hmm. I, I, I like country music, when I'm in Nashville, because when in Nashville, you enjoy Nashville. And that was one place where I did turn off the work. And I well, I hit that Broadway with my boots a click and I sure liked my time in Nashville. If you know, you know, and then the third city, one that I really liked that, that hasn't been mentioned much. I mean, I like Minnesota because it's my hometown, but the weather could always be tough. I, I really liked my trip to Tampa. And, and Tampa is an interesting city because it's not a big city like a lot of NHL cities. It's not a massive city. It's, it's just a small, you could walk to the rink from where the hotel was. There were eating yeah. spots close to the hotel. And then the river walk. Again, when I could check out, I used to do running when I was on the road and I'd run and that's that run along the waterfront. I put my headphones on and just escape. And, and I, that was the most important thing for me on the road is being able to, to escape. So I'm going to have to throw Tampa in, in that as well. So, Tampa's a great choice. It's a good yeah. choice. It's neighborhoody too. There's a lot of little quirky yep. little neighborhoods. Oh yeah, really good restaurant areas. If you find them, and it took me about 15, 20 years to find those restaurant areas in, in Tampa that you go, oh yeah, that was really great. I, I'm gonna throw one out. I just thought of most overrated hotel. Did you like the Crescent Court in Dallas? No. Did you like it? Everybody's like, oh, it's the best hotel in the league. I just, I don't see it. No, like, the best hotel in the league for a while was the Pacific Rim. The Pacific Rim, yeah, the Pacific Rim, or um, any like Vancouver had great hotels in Chicago. You got the Ritz and Montreal. We've already talked about well, Montreal's Ritz is amazing. Too. Montreal's Ritz might be the favorite, and then the it's Equinox totally. in New York City. Yeah, the Equinox in New York City by by, by the Equinox in New York City is absolutely fire. And every once in a while, what's that? I've never stayed there because I was at the Equinox. Whoa, it's it's phenomenal. It's by far the best. And the problem is, every once in a while, you get one where everything is full. Like I remember one in Buffalo where we were at. We were way out of town of Buffalo. Ceiling tiles were falling. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> Claude Lemieux about lost his mind. You remember the uh, the hotel in New York where we had to go down the stairs? We had to walk down the stairs because the elevators broke. There were like oh. two elevators anyway. 
And then they know, so it's already slow. Yeah, if you get those elevator, like all those things, like those things, we'll have to do for another time. Where where Winnipeg, they lost the power, the water, and that was another horrific trip. But it's fun to go down these trips in memory lane. Any final thoughts, Craig, on what the Coyotes are experiencing right now in their middle of their five game road trip? Any thoughts? Final thoughts about buddy, the road, buddy? I don't know. I don't. I don't know what to say anymore. I think we've we've exhausted everything. I just hope they get a win because. It's really painful, and it would be really cool if it came in Toronto, of all places, where they've had a lot of success recently, and a lot of guys. Another great them. city, by the way. Yeah. We didn't throw Toronto into that mix. It Another is. I mean, there's so many good cities here, and and there listen, are. I told you that like it's not one of my favorite arenas. It's fine. It's it's got a great atmosphere, Toronto. but like yeah, the place they just went, Centre Bell, is is definitely top three yeah. for me in terms of arenas. I like Amelie in in Tampa, and uh, like Little Caesars and PPG Paints are great arenas too. But yeah, all those new ones. As far as the Coyotes, man, they just need a win. They just need to find a way to get out of this. I I just feel badly for them. You you know, you've you've been inside the room. You understand how painful one of these streaks, not necessarily this long, but how, how they can feel. Yeah, they just need to get out of this. And this dark cloud is following them around on this road trip. Hopefully, we brought some sunshine to them today, talking about some really fun times on the road. And hopefully, that helps change what's going on with this team. And hopefully, they can get a win in Toronto. I just want to thank everybody for tuning in today for the Coyotes PHNX Podcast Audio Edition. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you don't miss any of these audio-only editions. And then go to the YouTube channel and subscribe to PHNX so you don't miss any of the content we put out there, including every single post-game including this weekend against Toronto, Ottawa, and as they finish off in Washington. So subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure you follow Craig Morgan at Craig S. Morgan. Follow me at S. Peters Hockey. Follow the show at PHNX underscore Coyotes. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time, and we'll see you at the rink.